A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Janko Tipsarovic, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Okay, Yanko, thank you very much for joining us on the Tennis Podcast. Welcome. Uh, I want to start off by asking you a bit about Davis Cup 2010. Obviously an extremely significant moment uh, in your career, extremely special moment, more than just a title. I wonder if um, that year, did, did you and Novak and the rest of the team, did you have a feeling, perhaps when you were making that bet to shave your heads, did you have a feeling that it was going to be a special year, that, that you might just do it? Uh. To be honest with you, it it would be like a fairy tale thing that I tell you that we did expect it, but we obviously didn't. We honestly didn't, sorry. The point was that we knew that we had the quality. Noak was obviously, I think, world number two at that point and was playing amazing. But, you know, winning Davis Cup is just a lot of matches. You need to be consistent. You need to win the singles and the doubles against huge nations at that point. When we made the bet, we didn't even know would we play at home, would we play away, and it's obviously a big deal when you when you play Davis Cup because the host can choose the surface. But uh, you know, once we started winning after the first two rounds, we thought because we knew that the semis against Czech and against France we would play at home. We were thinking that it could be a realistic possibility that we all shave our heads at the end of the year. It was the most emotional moment of my professional career and my biggest success and I'm really happy that that you know at least for one time in my career I managed to win Davis Cup with my teammates. And it's propelled both you and Novak to the the heights of your careers so far. Are you able to explain just why it's had such a profound effect on your your singles your singles career? Uh, I don't think that the Davis Cup like it obviously helped me to prepare better for the next season because I can just imagine losing the decisive match you know that 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 Victor was playing at that time to to go to preseason I can promise you I really wouldn't feel like practicing for at least a week but you know when you when you win an event like that you feel motivated to be even better and and to play even better but you know honestly at the beginning of the year it wasn't everything like flowers and roses for me I had a couple of early exits especially at the beginning of the year and then slowly after Miami I started playing better and obviously after winning the second round of Davis Cup that year against Sweden I just started playing amazing but in general I always 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 play good in Davis Cup because I feed off the energy that my teammates are giving me at that point and I just 
I love the feeling. This year and two years ago, Serbia won the World Team Cup in Düsseldorf, and it's a team competition. How much can you tell me about the celebrations that night, or is it all censored information? You know what? I I went home with my wife first at 4:30 a.m. I was the first one to leave, so I mean, I don't know how long the the, the other guys stayed, but it was just amazing. But I I remember being really and extremely tired, you know, because having all these emotions, you know, on and off the court. There was just so much adrenaline holding us, and then just once you know the night started, and obviously you know the later we we went into the night, we were just feeling completely smashed. No wonder I think most of us got sick the next day. Now you're playing in arguably the the greatest era of men's tennis of all time. I know that's a whole debate in itself, but I wonder. As a top ten player, do you feel fortunate to be playing in such a, an incredible area, or, or do you feel unfortunate that the competition is at such an incredibly high level, making it difficult for everybody else? In my opinion, you have two stories. You have one story which is like it's just simple mathematics. You have the top three, four guys. You have a certain amount of ATP points that are distributed to the players according to their results. And you have the top three, four guys taking 70% of those points, which means that the other 30% is divided. Well, I'm just guessing. Maybe it's like 40 or 50 or whatever, but the other percent is divided on the rest of, on the rest of us, which means it's easier for a guy to be, let's say, top 10 at this point. Because you need to make a couple of good wins, a couple of breakthroughs, which is not easy, obviously, and you're more or less there. And then you have the the other story, which means that it's really unlikely, apart from maybe French Open, at least in the last couple of Grand Slams, that somebody apart from top four is in the semi-final. I read somewhere, I think yesterday, Apart from Del Potro, Djokovic, Nadal or Federer won last 28 Grand Slams. 29 Grand Slams. That would have been going back to Safin in 2005, I I guess. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Sure, you have surprises like, I don't know, Verkerk, French Open or I don't know who else. But the, 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 the point is that it's really, really hard to get past for somebody, who, especially for me, like let's say a year ago when I was not seeded it's really not easy to go deep into the tournaments because you need to beat more than one Djokovic you need to beat either Djokovic and Federer and Nadal if you consider yourself a contender to win a Grand Slam which is incredibly tough in this era so it's it kind of goes both ways and you've played let's take those top four guys top three top four um You've played many of them. You've played them all many times. You've got some victories over all of them. You've got a couple, at least a couple over Novak, I think. Is there one of them that you find particularly difficult to play and one that you find easier to play? I mean, what's your experience of, of playing against those guys? Uh, I generally like playing against Andy and Novak. I've beaten them, them a couple of times. Because they more or less play a similar game that I do. We play clean shots from the baseline, you know. No huge weapons, no huge serves, but just playing a clean baseline game. I really don't enjoy 
in general playing Rafa because of the the amount of top speed that he's putting on the ball and I know you should be aggressive but your footwork needs to be flawless if you think of beating him and I don't really enjoy playing Roger if he's on the run with his first serve you know if he's making so many free points with his first serve which last two or three matches he did against me it's really putting a lot of pressure on you when you are serving to try to kind of hold your serve so those are the two guys that I mean it's no science you know the guys won I don't know how many grand slams it's no science but those two guys from the very top I really do not enjoy playing if you had to pick one of them and a surface to play for your life which one would you pick not to play which one would I pick which one would you pick to play to play yeah I would like to try and play against Rafa on hard court for your life Ah, for my life. Yeah. Uh-huh. You want to win. I want to win. Yeah. You know, I would choose if I have to choose against the two of them, I would choose to play against Rafa on hard court because I see my chances uh, the biggest rather than even playing Federer on clay. I played him on clay last year and I think I got killed in straight sets. Wow. So Rafa on grass is obviously very tough. If I have to choose I would choose to play Rafa, maybe indoor, fast, ice surface. Your uh, People talk a lot about your interests outside of tennis. You're obviously a man with a lot of, a lot of diverse interests. Do you, do you find yourself wondering, you know, thinking about what your options might have been, what you, what you might be doing where you're not a, a tennis player? Not, I mean, I... In one part of my life, I was kind of not focused on tennis enough I wanted to experience almost everything that life has to offer and because of that my tennis was suffering a lot you know in order to be really good and successful in this sport your life I mean I know this sounds like strange but your life needs to be boring in a way you need to have a daily routine that you are repeating day in and day out and nothing can disrupt you in just making these repetitions especially if it's working for you the point is that I've changed for a year and a half now to I feel first of all very fortunate that as soon as I made the change the results started coming immediately you know normally it's not going that way you know normally when you decide to make a change the results come, but you need to wait. You need to work for it. In my case, I feel very lucky and fortunate that the results started coming immediately. The only way is that to, to, to be successful is to put tennis as number one thing in your life, obviously, after family and everything. But uh, to answer your question, of course, I am like every other tennis player, reading books, playing video games, watching movies, but just nothing too much that can disrupt my tennis when did you make that decision that tennis would be the number one thing after Davis Cup after we won Davis Cup and was it just a change in your head or it was, was just a change in my head you know because I realized you know before I was always playing tennis because I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed the competition I enjoyed the traveling you know and uh, it was something that I was good at but to make the next step to be top 20 or top 10 or whatever the only way is to make this change in your head to have like a 
not a boring life, but a life which is just putting tennis as the number one thing in the world. And that whatever happens, you have to, I'm giving a stupid example here, stretch after your every practice or go to bed on time or eat good, like healthy things. And and that was that was the only way and the, one of the most important things i was managing to set up goals you know before i was never setting up goals for myself because i thought they're putting pressure on me but generally i react good under pressure i know this is not maybe true now that i'm telling you this and i lost 7-6 in the third set but uh, generally you need to be ready to set up goals and you need to be ready to work for them and work for them even more if you don't achieve them i was you know, a little bit of a coward in a way that I didn't want to set up goals because I didn't want to be disappointed in my head if I don't achieve them, and it's not working that way. Final question. Um, you've got a degree in sports management, yes. I believe. Do you think at all about retirement and what you might do after retirement is being involved in tournament organization, that sort of thing, something that interests you? I, I see myself partly connected to tennis. I don't... You know, I'm playing tennis since I'm six, you know, and I, I hope I can play until I'm 36. That's probably going to be around 30 years of my life, and I don't really feel that for the next 40, 30, 50 years of my life that I'm going to be 100% in tennis, you know. I feel that I will have a lot of experience and that... I will have tennis as a part of my life. This is something which I'm pretty sure at the moment. But currently, I don't really see myself for any reason traveling full-time as a coach, you know, but things change. You know, you maybe find a very young, talented player who has the potential to become world number one. We all love the game, so then, you know, I give it a shot. But definitely, a part of my life is going to be tennis, but, you know, hopefully... You know, with the family and everything, it's not going to be full-time. Novak Chianko Tipsan is one of the most fascinating characters on the ATP World Tour. For more big-name interviews and plenty of tennis chat, you can download the tennis podcast for free every week on iTunes. We've already spoken to Grigor Dimitrov, Michael Chang, Mark Filipousis and Carlos Moya, so go to iTunes today and subscribe to the tennis podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 